0: This is the Fray Podcast, brought to you
1: by the dot com, a place for women who want more from life.
2: This is what I want, this is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Are you gonna make a move? Are you gonna come and see? Whatever you wanna do, you know what's called cool me. Hey.
1: Welcome to today's podcast episode. We are focusing on desire, as you may or may not know. And so when I was thinking about this topic, desire, and what it means to want Uh, in terms of sexually wanting to feel wanted, but also just to feel lit up and on fire for life, I knew that I couldn't go past inviting Tabitha Fennell to join us on the podcast once again. Tabitha has been a guest in the past, and she's one that I know so many of you really, really enjoy. Tabitha is a wealth of knowledge. She is also an aliveness coach. And honestly, I have never heard of the term aliveness coach before. But that makes so much sense that Tabitha would be exactly that. She focuses on following your process of what is trying to come forward within you. Tabitha specializes in finding the best relationship to yourself and how this can have a powerful effect on all of your other relationships as well. She believes working on yourself deeply creates the building blocks for more joy and more intimacy with yourself first, and this in turn then flows on to others. Tabitha also runs an acupuncture clinic on the Gold Coast with all of her coaching done via Zoom, which is so handy. So no matter where you are, you can actually potentially become one of Tabitha's clients. Tabitha is married to Brad Fennell, who we just adore Brad as well. Uh, for the last 21 years, they have three beautiful sons. Tabitha finds her joy in nature and being creative. We will also put a link in the show notes for coaching appointments with Tabitha. Now, our conversation today centers around desire, and I think you're really going to enjoy this chat. We talk about what it means if you have desire for someone outside of your relationship, or perhaps when just your interest is piqued by someone else. There's a lot of goodness in this conversation. I did just want to let you know that at some points through our chat, I think that Tabitha's bracelet might tap on her microphone, so you may hear like a little tap-tap for a part of the conversation, but it is well worth just pushing forward and listening to this episode. I will put a link to all of Tabitha's uh, social media handles and her website as well for you, And if you enjoy this episode, come on over and become a Venti member. Tabitha has recorded a meditation, which we are sharing over on our Venti member zone and another bonus episode as well. So without further preamble, let's get into my conversation with the incredible, energetic, enigmatic Tabitha Fennell. Tabitha, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. It's so lovely to have you in front of my face again. I know. My pleasure to be here, Kylie. Yeah, really good. I was just saying to you before I hit record, I actually need to come in and see you, I think. So I'll have to make that happen. Mm -hmm. I, I was just chatting the other day about our last treatment with someone and I was saying, I had acupuncture for the first time and my acupuncturist said to me she was going to leave me for 40 minutes and I was like, no, what will I do? But it yes. went so fast. It was it such did. a beautiful treatment. No, yeah. Fabulous. Good, well, good. I'm thrilled to have you back on the yeah. podcast and Thank we're going you. to be chatting about desire.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So maybe first and foremost up top before we dive into some of our uh, notes and topics that we've discussed.
0: Sure.
1: What does desire mean to you? And why is it important that as women, we do have desire in our lives?
3: Yeah, well, desire, I believe, is totally intimately linked to our pleasure. So if we haven't got desire and pleasure going on in our life, our hearts are not going to be very very full. And for us feminine goddesses out there, you've got to drop into that desire and to have that in your heart, you're going to flow more in life, you're going to exude that beautiful energy that will, you know, be infectious to your lover, your children, your husband, wife, whoever, within your life. So, you know, heart energy, us women are turned on through our hearts and our breasts, it's all interlinked. If we don't have that desire there, then the turn on factor of life, not just sexually is not going to be as high. So, Opening up our hearts and bringing desire in is, oh my God, it's, it it changes lives. And I think you've got to know your desire in life. If you don't know what desire means to you, then you're just going to get led around the garden, you know? So I think it's a, a meditation, a practice for every day that us women need to drop into our hearts and into that desire to go, what is, what am I desiring today? What is it that's going to give me that? fullness and richness of life. And it can just be the simple things in life, you know.
1: How connected is desire for life in terms of having a zest for life and desire in intimacy in our
3: sex lives? Yeah, huge. (laughs) Huge. It's huge because going back to, you know, traditional Chinese medicine, um, the heart is... Full of that's where we find our joy and our pleasure, but it's also connected to our kidney base, and that's your base chakra. That's where your sex sexual energy is, and if those two aren't connected, then that zing is not going to be there for you know love making and connecting um, with your desire with your partner or friends. I
1: ask that question because it was a massive awakening for me, just personally, to realize to have incredible sex and to be able to really have Mm. such intense pleasure i actually had to stop being the gatekeeper of pleasure in my everyday life you know and i think so many of us women we do that we're like no no we give the good stuff to our kids and we just have the dregs and it's like no 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 time for fun no time for enjoyment yes but then we get into the bed and we're like you know you know perhaps in the middle of having sex, realize, oh, I'm not really enjoying this. And I know for me connecting the dots of like, hang on, Mm. I have to enjoy pleasure outside of sex. It's a massive, massive unlock for me.
3: Wow, beautiful. Exactly. It's, you know, bringing it into your life on an everyday Um, scenario brings. And it's, it's like putting little bits of desire sticks on your life, on your heart, which, you know, once you, like you said, once you get into your bed, you're already actually full of desire. So then it can just erupt into a beautiful space with your lover. Definitely. What does it
1: mean? Okay. If we have desires or fantasies about other people, when we are
3: in a monogamous
1: relationship,
3: Nah, I love this. This is so juicy. People, people really freak out about this. And especially if they have dreams where they're having an affair with someone, or they're just in, like you said, in general, general day, they're like attracted to someone and it's like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling that. This is the number one pickup of these sorts of dreams or emotions is that whatever you are seeing in that person whatever it is that's turning you on or playing with you or making you curious about that person is actually a split off part of you. And in our dreams, every part, every character, every scenario in your dream is a part of you. Some we know really well. Um, and that's like, yeah, I can relate to that. That's Tabitha in the dream. But oh, my God, this person over here who's having an affair with that person, that's not Tabitha. She doesn't do that. But what you've got to go past that, which is, you know, some people get locked into the shame of, oh my goodness, I shouldn't be feeling this way. You actually go through that, through that shame and look at that person and feel into your body. How did that make you feel? What was the essence of that person? You know, were they just buffed and ripped you off your feet and took you into their arms? Okay. What's the essence of that? Go deeper. That could mean, Hmm, let me think about it. Go into my heart. Oh, I want to be held more. Okay, so how do I help hold myself in life more? So always bring it back to when you find out what that essence is of that person that you are having the affair with or the fantasy about, what is it that is catching your attention about them? And then bring that back into you and your life. Don't expect your, you know, partner to pick that up. You've got to pick it up before within yourself and then bring it back into your everyday relationship with your partner in the in the bedroom you know making the sandwiches whatever it's a, such a juicy thing to tap into
1: and it's the same thing I'm guessing then when you're going about your everyday life so you're out and about someone catches your eye <sighs> Yes, because really you don't know anything about that person but mm-hmm. your brain being a story making machine starts yes. to build out this profile yep so rather rather than going oh my gosh there's some sort of deficit within my relationship it's more like uh-huh. what does that person represent to me yes and can I be curious about what that means and is that something I need to
3: give to myself Is that right? That's totally right. And I love playing it. If you see someone down the street and they're walking along, and for me the other day it was this woman, she just had this flowing dress on and she was swaying, she had great breasts and beautiful bottom, and I was just like, oh, my God, she's a goddess. So then it was like I, I just picked up that and looked at her and brought it into my body. And so I started to sort of sway and move and feel Like I would imagine that she would feel. And I tried to bring that into my day, you know, throughout the day to kind of anchor it into my body. And movement and sound anchors desire and those sorts of flirts into your body. So if you can pick it up, not just in your mind, that's a good thing to start, but then bring it into your body. Ah, how would I move? if I move like that woman what would she sound like what would she say and maybe you might even go home and change your dress you know and put a dress on instead of your workout clothes Um, try to embody it to anchor it into your body to bring that into your your life
1: and what about if your partner dreams of you having an affair what
3: could that mean same same thing for him or her, if they're dreaming of you having an affair, it's not that you're going to run off and have an affair at all. It's like, what are they wanting to have an affair within their own life with? And then they've got to pick up the essence of that person. And with, with couples, it's a really fun thing to talk about together. You know, Brad and I do it all the time. It's like, oh my God, I had a fair dream and you were off with this wild, sexy woman and she was shamanistic and out there and crazy. And I was so angry at you. And But then it's like, okay, what do I need to pick up? I need to be more shamanistic. I need to be more wild within myself. So it goes either way. But then that, you're if it's your husband or your partner, they need to pick that up in their life. And what about if you're having dreams
1: that are not necessarily like maybe you're not in a relationship or you are, but you're having dreams that mm-hmm. are maybe reflective of a certain kink or a certain desire? Yeah. Again, is that related to something you need to give
3: yourself as well? But definitely. Definitely because you're dreaming it, you know, no one's making up your dreams. So if you're dreaming of some type of sexual desire or, or kink, then go into it. You know, some people go, oh my God, it's bondage. I'm not, I'm not that sort of a person. You know, I was in my dream, I was being handcuffed and, and feathers down my back. But you can once again, go into the essence of that. How, how did that make you feel in the dream? And a lot of the time, Us women are in our, you know, that masculine, directed, conscious, leadership way. Sometimes we just want to flow into the feminine. And that can be a key with kink and different things like that of, you know, where do you want to go with that? How do you want to pick up your feminine flow more? Do you want to be held? Do you not want to make all the decisions? So then you can bring that back into your life. Yeah, I want to hand it more over to my partner. I want to go into the feminine flow more which is play and laughter and joy and fun.
1: I had a question that came through from an anonymous uh, listener and yeah. I was going to save it for our Q&A, but I think it's, it's appropriate to ask it now. Okay. Is it So this is the question. Yeah. Is it normal? Is it normal to feel like my fantasy turn-ons or the things that I enjoy in porn are not actually what I want to experience
3: in real life? I feel like two different people sometimes. Sure. It's that's so natural. And it's because you feel like two different people. It's because you haven't picked up that other part of you. That other part of you is playing with you, which, you know, um, you're, you're at an edge really to sort of, it's a bit scary to go, Oh, do I like that sort of kink? Do I like that kind of turn on? So I would really stand for that turn on and look at it. You know, what is it that you, what is the essence of that turn on? You know, like I said before, if it was the bondage thing or, you know, something that's way out of your scope, what is it in you that you need from that? And it's probably not the spanking or the smacking or the, you know, whatever the kink is, it's what is beyond it. What is the essence of the holding space that is flirting with you?
1: Yeah, it almost sounds like this listener is a bit stuck on a judgment of the actual act and not actually the symptom. And what I'm hearing from you, Tabitha, is there's like the symptom and then there's the root cause. And we can look at the symptom and that might be bondage, whatever it is. Yes. But if we actually look at the root cause and go, oh, okay, maybe I do, maybe I'm having dreams about bondage because in my real life, I feel like I'm the one that makes all of the decisions and, you know, I have to do, I'm spread so thin so it would make sense in your fantasy life that you are actually restrained from being the one in
3: control. Exactly. You got it. So good.
1: I've heard a lot of the time that domesticity, like living with someone, is an absolute killer of right. desire. Yes. But then living with someone and having close physical proximity as well as intimate intimate proximity and connection is important for desire. Yes. How mm-hmm. do we strike that balance of like doing life with someone? Yes. And knowing them and wanting to know them, yep. but also allowing them to be a bit of a mystery. How do we get that
3: balance right? Yeah, I think it's really important for people that are living couples to really have, kind of in a way, their own life, you know, their own creativity, their own time for themselves, their own time with their own friends. You've got to bring juice back into your relationship. And if you're with each other 24 7, you're going to flatline, you know, you're going to become boring to each other. So, get out there and find your community other than your partner. That is a key essence. And Brad and I have always done that. You know, he goes off rock climbing. I'm off doing my pottery. They're different things. They're different set of friends. And I can come back and be all ramped up about pottery going, oh my God, I did this glaze. And, and then I did this shape on the wheel. And oh my, it was just I'm bringing energy back into the, the room, b- back into the relationship. And when he comes home from climbing, he's like, you know, I did this at A7 and da, da 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 and, you know, there's just there's energy there. But if we off, went off together and did everything together, then it, it is, it becomes boring. It's like you've got to bring something, have something for yourself and bring it back into the relationship.
0: And that separateness, I
1: imagine it reminds you to keep seeing your partner as an individual and seeing them as an individual reminds you that you don't know everything about them, that you don't control them, and that there is a bit of mystery there, even if you are living together.
3: Yes, definitely. Yeah, totally. And it's interesting. I'm watching my 20-year-old and 18-year-old trying to navigate relationships at the moment, and both of them like their own space but their partners really want to be with them 24 seven. And it's like, you've just got to relate to your partner that, you know what, I do need my space. I do need my time to consolidate and be who I am and be with my friends. I still love you. I still want to be with you. But it's a tricky thing, especially when you're younger too.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think because for so many of us, we uh, can conflate. I need space and I want to be my own person with I want distance from you.
3: Yes, totally, totally. So, you know, here it is, communication. As soon as you're in relationship, communication, talk about your feelings, talk what's, you know, I need my time apart because it, you know, fills my cup. I'm there, I'm still with you, I still love you, but I need this time and on a Tuesday night I go off and do this. It's it's good communication skills and that's what I'm teaching my boys with their beloveds to go, I still love you, honey, but I really need some time for myself. You know this about me. That's why you fell in love with me.
1: (laughs) Your daughter-in-laws or son-in-laws, however, whatever dynamic Mm -mm. there is there, are going to both love and hate you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. I'm trying to just drop little bits in, you know, here and there, but also standing back going, it's not my place. I'm not the therapist. They're going to work it out themselves. But, yes, my boys are very around relationship. They're very, yeah, I'm very proud of them
1: yeah i'll bet well with you and brad as parents i would expect nothing else um when it comes to women and i'm going to speak in quite heteronormative terms here but i want to speak on behalf of so many of our female listeners Mm -hmm. so many of them will realize they'll look up one day and go I am carrying so much of the domestic load and my partner has all of these hobbies. My partner has kept their friends from high school or mm-hmm. my partner has six different sporting teams that they're on, whereas I am so busy just managing our lives together and I'm looking mm-hmm. after the kids and I'm trying to do all of the things that I don't have a hobby or I don't have an yeah. interest. Yeah, Do you hear that a lot? Because I feel like it's a very common dynamic.
3: Definitely, yeah, it's a a motherhood thing, (laughs) and so with all my young mums, it's the first thing I preach to them. You know, keep something for yourself. Put yourself at the top of the list. Get a hobby. You know, as an acupuncturist, I feel your pulses, and often the heart pulse will be down. It's it's not as full, and I'll say, "What are you doing for yourself? What are your heart's desires?" And they'll just be like, "Eh, "Don't have any," and I am like, "Okay." So a really good thing to do for that is to remember back before puberty what you used to love to do, what as a child that you love to play, dance, write, you know, sing, whatever it was, go back to then and pick some of those things up and then go and book yourself in to a course or a weekly in your diary. This is when I do art. This is when I go out into nature because it will get lost and us as women will put it to the side and, and march on, but it doesn't do anything for our heart's desires, our pleasure. Oh, my God. With motherhood, you need your own pleasure. I mean, motherhood is a desire and a pleasure. It brings loads of pleasure, but also there's the opposite and you need It takes time. a lot. It takes a lot. Oh, my goodness. And especially if, you know, and there's another conversation to have with your beloved. Huh? Hello, I'm doing all this work. I really need some support, you know, and I think the best way we can do is, you know, the nagging doesn't work with masculine men. The nagging just makes them put their earmuffs on and, oh, here she goes again, and they won't even hear what you're saying. So you've got to come come with like a, a beautiful, I really love what you're doing around the house, and it's kind of like a, in, you're more in a request mode, but you're coming from your authentic heart to go, I'm feeling like it's I'm on overload and would you be open to doing the washing on a Thursday or whatever it is you want them to do. So don't come in with the nag of, you know, you're not doing this, can you do more, blah, blah, blah. Give them a compliment, juice them up because you love them anyway. Compliments are so underrated and they're so valued to use in relationships. Uh, We don't do it enough compliments. You should be complimenting your partner at least five times a day authentically you know to show them how much you love them um so yeah go in with that approach with the load go in with the request don't do the nagging
1: when it comes to our desires Mm. and things that we might want to try or maybe if you have say for example like a secret desire do you think people have to disclose that to their partners or do you think it's okay to keep things to yourself
3: I think it's okay to have secret desires, you know, because when you have secret desires, it makes you a little sexy, you know. They don't they don't totally know unless you want your partner to know all your desires. Well, then go for it. But if you just want to keep a little sexy desire to yourself, well, pick it up. Bring it into your life. You know, don't keep it sexy from your I mean, don't keep it secret from yourself. Explore that sexy desire desire that you you know that you're not going to evolve to everyone and then see how um, the relationship goes because <laughs> they yeah. will notice they will notice when you pick up that sexy you know desire that you're not sharing with them
1: i love that because i think you know back to the point of domesticity of thinking that you know everything about someone that they're so familiar to you that they're an extension of you that can kill desire. So having some stuff that you keep for yourself and knowing that your partner likely has things that he or she keeps for themselves too, yes. rather than that being like, oh, they've got this secret thing, it's like that's kind of hot. Like they're a bit of a mystery to me. I don't know everything. They're not actually an (laughs) extension of me.
3: Exactly. They're their own entity, which I still don't know everything about. (laughs)
1: Yes. What advice? What advice would you give someone, Tabitha, who feels as though their partner no longer has desire for them?
3: Mm, that's you know, it's it's a big one: sexual desire or just desire, desire, or a bit of both. Either way,
1: yeah, you can play it fast and loose, whatever you think. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly, I think you know, sexual desire is it's a really heartfelt pain, actually, when your partner rejects you sexually. Um, but I think you have to be try and be the bigger person and pick up that how you reject yourself sexually or how you reject yourself with your own desires because often your partner we're a projection of each other so yeah, they're they're a sort mirror. Of, exactly so they're looking at you and you're sort of in that sexual desire you're either too much or you're not enough or they don't want that it's like how do you love yourself in that what can you do to pick up your own sexual desire within yourself. That's what is needed there, you know? Yeah.
1: Mm. Are there certain things that we do that turn our desire off other than blocking pleasure throughout the day? Like are there certain foods or certain activities that we might engage in that are like womp, womp, womp to our desire?
3: Yeah. Um, I think... Probably addictions, even though we go to our addictions to find desire, like drinking, drugs, sex, alcohol, I said alcohol, sex, all of those addictions, shopping, they're probably, I'd say the things that will take your desire away because they're outside of your body, you know? So if you're dropping into those type of addictive nature, then there's something missing within you. And so once again, looking at that addiction, what does it give me? Ah, it gives me pleasure. Right, how do I pick that pleasure up of buying all those different clothes and bringing them home and going, ah, that, really, that didn't really fulfil me? Once again, it's like what is the essence of those addictions to bring home for yourself? Mm. Yeah, to pick it up. And with foods, I mean, with desire and foods, I think it's probably more like – if you haven't got a desire, maybe you're not eating enough nutritious food, you know. So in TCM, um, the stomach energy, which is to do with your um, identity. So if you're just, you know, snacking on KFC and horrible food, then there's not going to be much energy and desire. You're not really treating your body as a temple. So I would say, you know, if you are snacking and, and going for those sorts of foods, well, then what is it that you're not really nurturing your body? you know why aren't you nurturing your body with good foods whole food whole foods are the way to go yeah
1: is it important to have a sense of desire towards ourselves and how can we actually nurture that because i guess as as you were chatting you know today through our conversation so much so much of what we think is happening outside of us is about our own internal experience yes so if we want more desire in our life and this month for the podcast we're chatting all about desire yes is it important to start with desiring ourselves is that possible? possible how do yeah. we do it
3: yeah give us all the answers right <laughs> now <laughs> no with my coaching clients, this comes up a lot so i always tell them desire is linked to your pleasure So how do you bring pleasure into your life? And I find that bringing it into the body and feeling the sensations of pleasure and desire within the body is better than affirmations in in the mind because we can go off on a story in the mind and go, oh, yeah, I've done all my affirmations, which are great. I'm not putting them down at all, but to actually sink it into the body. So I always tell my clients a simple pleasure practice. Wake up in the morning. Feel the sheets on your skin. Take a time to breathe that in. I am safe. I am awake. I am alive. There's a simple pleasure. You walk out into the kitchen. There's the sun coming in through the window and the coffee's brewing. Breathe that in. Bring that pleasure all the way through your day. Bring that, and that just builds on your desire. So that's a simple thing to do. But also, when our nervous system is in such a heightened state, from adrenaline overuse and, you know, we've got soft traumas and hard traumas in our life, hard traumas like a car crash or someone dies, where the soft trauma is every day someone says something nasty to you or looks at your funny way there or, you know, road rage or something like that. That spikes our adrenaline, fight and flight. So a lot of the time we're in that sympathetic fight and flight arena. And so me telling you to absorb in you know, pleasures through your everyday life. Some people just go, what the hell? I'm not even at that. I can't do that, you know? So my second thing to do, which is the most amazing practice, is to shake. Put on a really dancey, wild um, track that you love. Find some space where you can really just shake it out, move your body, wiggle, jump up and down, you know, do push-ups, sprint on the spot. Yell, scream, laugh, whatever emotion, whatever noise comes through, let it out. Let your body shake. Because if you look at nature, those deers that get chased by a lion, if they get away, they will stand there and they will shake and shake and shake. And what they're doing is releasing that adrenaline from their system. And then that deer, once it's released, it'll stop shaking and it walks away with no emotional baggage. But us human beings, we hold it all in, you know, and we, and which is... We you, pack it
2: all in we and bring it along. And we
3: get stiffer and harder and, and it's no fun at all. So make that your daily practice for a week, a month, to do, you know, one minute, 30 seconds of shaking, yelling, laughing, moving, feeling that body out, moving out that adrenal overload. And then when you're finished, lay down on your on the bed or somewhere comfy and feel your body just dropping into that parasympathetic, beautiful state. And then over, you know, a week or so, you can start to go, oh, I can bring a little bit of pleasure in. So building pleasure and desire needs to be a ritual thing. You can't just do it once. It needs to be a part of your life. So go and try it and get a good therapist. Come and see me. I'm so good at working with this stuff and I love this stuff. Um... And it's it's a simple simple fix, really. Unless it's you know big trauma, um, it takes more than just getting up every day and shaking. But it does help as well. I think this episode is going to be one that people should listen to a couple
1: of times because yes. you have shared so many uh, thought provoking concepts and things that I think will really really help people. Yes, if they can go back and listen to it and go, "Ha, huh, okay," it's a massive concept to go what i desire in other people i need to give to myself like that's yes that could that's it's a, a whole thing <laughs> on exactly. its own yes also the distance between you and your partner actually creating space for yourself and being comfortable with them having space for themselves and what that can do for your desire in terms of seeing them as a separate entity and that mystery and that sexiness of not knowing them so well mm-hmm. then also in terms of desiring ourselves, committing to your shaking practice. Mm -mm. And as you said, work with a coach. I know both you and Brad work with people. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Because I imagine you're working with people online as well.
3: We are, yeah. um, Brad is fully online through Zoom and he works with couples and men and women and I'm the same thing. I'm all on Zoom. I do have one spot um, to see me in the clinic as a coach um, but at the moment basically I'm fully on Zoom which, you know, everyone can access me which is great.
1: It's so good. And I think pre-pandemic people were like, oh, therapy or coaching by Zoom, whereas now everyone's like, I'd actually prefer that. It makes life easier.
3: It's so good. Totally. And as a therapist um, and from being an acupuncturist and having therapy in the room to being on Zoom, it's kind of the same. I can still feel what's going on. My intuition is still on. They can still feel me and be held. So yeah. Um, go try it out. It's it's a great arena to play in. Plus you can sit at home and you don't have to drive anywhere and it's amazing.
1: <laughs> don't have to get a park. No, don't even totally. have to put shoes on. No, exactly. Where can our listeners book some coaching work with you or Brad? I know yeah. is Brad is Brad working with
3: couples as well? Are you both working with couples? How's uh, both what's the dynamic? With, yeah, we're both working with couples, definitely. Um, yeah, with Brad, it's at Brad um bradfinnell.com, go there and you can just go and see, you can um, go online and book your time. There's times there. And for me, you can go in through my Instagram to my bio and it'll go to um, Studio Chi, which you can book online for my coaching as well. So there's spots there available.
1: Perfect. I'll have all of those details in the show notes. Cool. You and I are going to kick on. We're going to answer some questions together. But for this episode, thank you so much for your time.
3: It was my pleasure. So much fun. Love this. Thanks, Kylie. Thank you so much for listening to another episode
1: of the podcast. I'm so grateful to each and every one of you for allowing me into your ears, hopefully a little bit into your hearts, definitely into your homes as well. It means a lot to me. Don't forget, if you want more of the fray, head on over, sign up, become a Venti member because we are focusing so hard on desire this month. We've got a lot of juicy content coming up for you. We have a sealed section episode, which is going to, I think, make some people feel uncomfortable, but in the best way possible. I hope. As I mentioned in the intro, we also have a meditation as a bonus episode on top of the already existing bonus episodes from Tabitha as well. So as you lean into desire this month and bringing more pleasure into your day, that meditation is going to be a gateway Into connection with yourself. And that is available for our Venti members. If you're not sure what a Venti member is, it's basically signing up and for the cost of one cup of coffee per month, you receive an episode of the podcast every single Wednesday. And every episode of the podcast is completely ad and sponsorship free. So no more skipping pesky ads. You make that little contribution. That means that then we can just keep operating and hopefully you really enjoy what we are doing i'm so passionate about creating episodes that hopefully will incite some sort of change or enjoyment for you and we all deserve to feel good about the desire that we have not just intimately but desire for life and vitality we have a whole back catalog of episodes that you can access right now link is in the show notes come on over spend some time with us and again thanks so much
2: What I want, this is what I need. If you don't have to go, I can set you free. Are you gonna?